0: Blob Talk Radio. <music>
2: Rod Radians with Taddy Holstrand, and I'm sorry that I am running late trying to get in. Uh, they, you know, this, uh, Skype sometimes just doesn't work right. Uh, so anyway, technology. It's a wonderful thing when it works. Unfortunately, it didn't work, so I'm on cell phone, and hopefully we'll get knocked off. Until then, I know that Ron's already waiting. Hey, Ron. Hello. <laughs> hey, Sorry about that. The connections were
1: off uh, te- So it's like you said, technology. It happens. You...
2: Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful thing, but when it works, but when it doesn't, it's just really bad.
0: <laughs> so uh, I kept trying to get in, I kept
2: trying to get in, you know, it just it wasn't going to work. So just I'll forget it. I'll just go through the cell phone. Right. So. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm on my landline yeah. just like you suggested. In fact, I'm on my one phone in the house we have plugged into a wall. So, boy, it's a secure line if you've got one. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, cell phone's all I got. So that's no uh, you know you could you rely on on, on Skype to do almost everything, and and uh, their lines are all busy. So mm-hmm. that, you know, you're going to have
0: to do
2: something about
1: that. Absolutely. Okay,
2: anyway, so we're here.
1: Yes, we are. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> it's worth the wait just to say hello, Patty. How are you doing today? It was great seeing you last Saturday at CopperCon. Great to meet. Yeah, Ellie Modisette Jr. and all that. Great time.
2: Yeah, you now you were just there on Saturday, right?
1: Yes. Okay. Next year, I'll try yeah, to come yeah. a couple more days.
2: Well, Saturdays are you know the best you stay there. There's so many things to do. Uh, so many things and you know they had quite a bit of science apparently the science uh panels were just completely packed. So yeah, the good.
1: panels were the panels were great. Absolutely.
2: Now is this your first your first uh Copricon?
1: Yes, it's my first Copricon.
2: It's gonna be your first for
1: okay. me as far as those things go. It was my first Comic Con too, so
2: Oh, you're just a newbie all around, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, awesome. the book came out. The book came out in the spring of 2012. So, yeah, my first my first book fair was in Flagstaff in May of 2012. So, yep, awesome. I'm starting out.
2: Well, there you go. It's always a good. I mean, you, know, you just gotta get started sometime, right? So,
0: Absolutely. here you are.
2: So, for those who are just coming in, uh, this is Ron Tobin. He is an author, and he's uh, written one book so far. Uh, second one now. The second one is is going to print pretty soon, correct?
1: Well, I would, I, I am hoping so. I am I am sh- I am shopping around now for a for a publisher for my second book.
2: Oh Okay, and, that's uh, right. Because you went to the first book was with with one publisher, and then they are kind of going with a different uh, format, you know, well, different types of know, books my,
1: so. I, I have nothing but good things to tell you about my first publisher. They're great people, fantastic people. But my my vision is different from theirs, and so it's called okay as opposed to. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, and I am very hopeful to get it out early next year or maybe late this year. We'll see. Sounds good.
2: Sounds good. uh, You know, it's a good time to be an author, really, uh, because of the fact that there's so many options. And we're smaller publishers now. You know, yes, um, all presses, and so you you have an option is just finding the right fit
1: exactly, and, um, so
2: yeah. and and I, know cause hey, I you know here i I was published my own book, but then uh, I turned around and now getting it republished through uh through a local small publisher, so so that way, um. And then, also some of my other works from uh, others in California, so
1: there you go you just have to keep exactly. keep trying yeah, absolutely, and I am determined because yes i have a I have a ten book book story arc planned out in my head. I have the first five outlined anyway, so I started work on the third one already, so I intend to keep on being out there and having more and more more and more books available as the years go on.
2: Now you're getting getting started older. Yeah, and so many so many authors are like that. You know, you already had a full career uh doing something else in your life and then, you know, you get a certain age and you say, you know what? It is is it's time for you as a person to get your work out. To get that book out of yeah, your head. I,
1: yeah, I I t- I totally agree with that. With me I actually first started writing publicly in 1980 at the age of 19. I actually wrote a political manifesto with the age of 19, and I'm very glad that it has since gone away. Yes, I still have a copy of it, but no, I'm not going to republish it. And then from 1981 to 2005, I put out a newsletter called The Thought, which to this day is in the New York Public Library and other libraries. I'm very proud of it. I made lots of friends that way. But, yes, now I would like to... Continue writing novels and communicating ideas and entertaining people at the same time,
2: just so that everybody would know um you know we don't have to be talking just c and i I know there's a couple of people there listening, so you know the phone call you can call in just like I did, but <laughs> so I had a different number <laughs> yeah, than you yeah. guys but my uh guest <laughs> yeah, call in number is 714 242 5145 so you know you guys can call in and just
1: uh if you
2: don't want to call then there's the chat uh down below the information about the show and uh you can you know write your question or comment there and I'll share it at any time during the show so you guys started yeah. later and yes and uh you know apparently you're you're going you're going along pretty well now. you've got the first yes. second and and I read something about the third book being worked on
1: yes the maybe I had something of a leg up as opposed to with some people because 1989, 1990, I wrote a series of short stories that um a lot of the plot line for these books is taken out of although not all of it. A friend of mine, after after my wife really encouraged me to go back to writing, because she could tell I loved it and she thought I was good at it, and I hope some other people agree, I happen to, but hey. Uh, so a friend of mine said, you should really revisit those short stories. I think you can build something with it. So I did, and I said, well, I don't want to write a 1980s period piece, but these characters, this plot line, sounds good. So I revamped it and got it out
2: and here you are
1: yes and here i am.
2: So i i saw your cover your first one so tell us what, yeah. what how you came about you know pulling the elements of that
1: well that's interesting because fortunately with my publisher and yes i'm going to go ahead and identify them take publishing they're in oklahoma very very nice people like i said um they have in-house editors, in-house uh, interior designers for the book, and in-house cover artists. So, yes, the cover artist and I sat down and we ferreted out ideas, and then she sent me three different possible covers after we had talked about it at some length. But, yes, the mood, of course, is, uh, you know, to set the mood for a tale that involves vampires, and she thought the Washington Monument would actually look kind of like a fang, and on the hardcover, especially, I think it truly does. A hardcover is a work of art, truly. And my wife and the, my wife used to say, "Well, let's use the lettering from the first option and the photo from the third option." So, and, and uh, the cover artist did that and put out what I can regard as being a very handsome cover for the book. Hmm. So you
2: didn't have much say then, is what you're saying?
1: I had say. Um, well, the, so I have to say, had three of it, not. not tons of it, no. But I am very satisfied with how it turned out because, yes, the cover artist okay. and I talked at quite a bit of length that you came up with three ideas. And,
2: That's and, good. And, yeah. Uh, and of course, we got the the moon in there. Yes. A huge, huge, of course. It, it's kind of important to uh, to the element of your story, the moon.
1: Right. S- since since uh, since yes, the a lot of the characters, although the main character Victor Trent is not, a lot of the characters are are vampires. My vampires are are different from the classical vampire in many ways. <laughs> For one thing, they're they're not undead. <laughs>
2: And so I take it that you, you
1: like vampire stories. Well-crafted ones, yes. Yes. Okay. And yeah. Well, the, it's, it's it, kind of it, like it, time it,
2: travel. I, I don't like
0: every time travel,
1: you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I've read some best well. time travel stories. And I'm looking forward okay. to reading yours, cause, and I will. I'm going to. It's on my list. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, you're you're right. Then Mike, you, then you understand. It's called what uh, I I have I have a standard. It's called you, you know if you're t- if you're telling me a vampire story, the vampire doesn't reflect in the mirror. I'm immediately going to shut you up because if there's no reflection, you're not going to see it anyway. <laughs> Cause, because everything right. you see is a reflection. So it's like okay, that's hokey. Next, you know. <laughs> so you, you, you saying that you try, sit,
2: you try to you try to stick with some of the old uh, folklore behind vampires. Yeah, the old things like, you know, not being able to see them in a the selection in a mirror, that kind of
1: thing. I have, I have little use for the old folklore, actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you can't see them in a mirror, it's called, wait a second, if you can't see something in a mirror, that means you're not going to see it at all. And, right. you know, and also fear of holy symbols. Well, what if that vampire was Jewish? Why would they care about a cross? You know, <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, to put to put a Marley. Come on, let's think about it. <laughs> right, and and, and, my, and my... think
2: about you know the holy water. Uh, you know that uh, was...
1: Yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. okay. Let's suppose the vampire is an atheist. Okay, what have you done? <laughs> so, well, there,
0: there
1: you, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just, yeah, my my vampires cause well, all kinds of different know... loss of life. And,
2: yeah, it reminds yes, me of um, uh, something that's going around on on Facebook right now, where it has like lists of things that you can you can be uh, you can be damned for if you if you get into these things. And, Of course, vampirism is one of them.
0: Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> and and I, I I wrote in there that uh, narrow-minded narrow-minded thinking should be on there as well.
1: <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, yes, I I yes I am a, I am a spiritual person but uh the, the divine in my world has a sense of humor so yeah <laughs> and, and I'll leave it at that thank you
2: <laughs> all right, right. But, you know you can't you can't really separate sometimes the uh belief of vampires from from your religious belief because you know, oh, some people who say right. well you know you can't believe in vampires if you believe, in, you know, in God, which is ridiculous.
1: Exactly. Uh, you,
2: know, <laughs> you know that's, this, yeah. So you say, well, you know, there's no Santa. Well, yeah, how do we know? But you know, at one one point in time, every every folklore comes from some kind of truth.
1: Oh, absolutely. I I I, I don't discount any legend because. If somebody were to ask me point blank, do you believe in vampires, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, there, there's so much out there in historical record. There's so many stories that there has to be a kernel of truth somewhere. And what I tried to do with my story is saying, okay, if vampires do exist, what might they be like? What might have really caused them to exist? And so that's what I came up with.
2: Exactly. So, okay, so you got started late and and is there any other story I mean these are gonna be like all part of the same continuing story right now, right?
1: Well, the initial story arc, yes, uh, do I have other ideas oh, absolutely, absolutely. All I need to do is get myself in a position where I can not have to do my my present day job and um then I can be totally creative because what do I do for a living right now? I'm a financial controller. It means I do accounting. You know what happens to you if you're creative in accounting? You go to prison. Why? Because that means you're cooking the book, so you should go there. (laughs) Writing lets me be creative. I can use my imagination. When I do the numbers, you can't use your imagination with that. It's like The numbers are what they are, and... They have to be what they mean. You you could not like what they mean, but that's what it is. Now, I know that. uh, i As as I'm sure you know, uh, it gives you a creative outlet.
2: So, what other folklore or or stories do you believe in? If you you believe in that, you know, vampirism, um, do you get it all into uh, werewolf type of stories or not?
1: Um, I enjoy those kinds of stories get well written whether or not I would write one I would say probably not I am looking at uh, doing some some straight fantasy eventually by straight I mean full on fantasy not straight isn't straight um, I, I for example I think I could do a credible novel about the fae fairies and that sort of thing and i would enjoy it to be a great flight of fancy the story of a a dragon and a a fairy princess for example i could make one that would be one that adults could read and possibly relate to i say the sky's the limit with with an imagination like i have and i have a great imagination and that's probably what saved me over the years with the kind of jobs i've had at least i could daydream (laughs) <laughs> At least so, like a yeah,
0: so,
2: let's, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh your you know, when when you were a child, would you read a lot and kind fantasize of about oh, yeah. stories or tell stories?
1: Yes, um the first thing I tried writing which never did see the public eye was I wrote up this thing with some so with some hand-drawn comics, and believe you me, I can't draw, so uh, I still have a couple of them in the drawer somewhere, but they're not going to be published either. Uh, <laughs> I, I called it the alchemist Gazette. It was supposed to be a buying guide in Humor Magazine. I looked at some of those jokes, I said, I thought that was funny. Well, I was 13 years old, so it was probably hilarious then. Um, I tried writing my first novel actually in high school. I dabbled with a with a science fiction novel about a giant solar flare hitting the planet, and I did a couple others. One of which I do still have, but I've read it over and it's so disjointed, I don't think I could put that one together. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've, I've long been a keen reader. I read, I read at least fifty books a year. My wife actually reads well over a hundred books a year. <laughs> Readings by escape, and when I was a child, it was really my escape.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of authors who write later in life that, that say that too. That, uh, you know, they wrote when they were younger um, to, you know, escape something. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: so, what, what stopped you from writing later? I mean, did you, have you been writing a little bit ever since, or uh, you just well, suddenly pick it up again? It,
1: Let's see. In the 1980s, like I was saying before, in the 1980s, I ran a, a, a small press newsletter. It was called The Thought, and it did have some international circulation. It was a very small circulation, but I met a lot of great people through it. I published some stuff by other people as well. Had had imprint debates at that point. I was really interested in writing philosophical essays and things like that. I kept on doing that for most of the 1990s, and. Up until 2005, when I stopped for various reasons, but I say once I met my wife and she got my sure. she helped me get my head back on track. She said, "You love to write; it's in your nature, so go do it." So I started sitting Ew. down and did it. You know what? The hardest thing probably was just getting started. The first sentence of that book was the hardest one to write.
2: <laughs> oh sure, sure. <laughs> That's definitely true and and you know uh almost ought to have to throw away the beginnings of almost any of book that you write the first time,
1: oh sure, oh yeah. sure, but like I say, just to say the, first, <laughs> the, the, the 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 most the most forbidding thing, I mean, even though yeah, now we use computers, so yeah, it was the computer screen, but it's that blank page <laughs> and that that's like, oh yeah. my God, now I have to put something here
2: <laughs> that's definitely daunting.
1: Oh yes. Um, Once once it gets rolling, it's great. There you
2: go. So, what motivates you to
1: write now? I have stories that I want to share with people that I think are worth sharing with people. I enjoy now getting out there to the book fairs and to the various cons. For example, I am I am going to be one of the vendors at the 2014 Phoenix Comic Con, so I'm plugging myself right now. I'm going to be there. I've got my table. Um, and I'm going to be at the uh, Sedona Book Fair in October. I will go back to the Tucson Book Festival in March. I've already put in my reservation for the Authors Pavilion there. And I just I just like being able to use my imagination in a creative way and and make make a little bit of money doing it. You
0: yeah? <laughs> know,
1: nothing nothing wrong with that. Not
0: a thing.
2: So um, I well, have I, a, a I, review or reviewed of your book Trend, uh, done by Jan Zepp, and she was saying that uh, she would love to read anything from you on on politics. She said, I would love to read Victor's paper on politics. He thinks your main character, uh, yes. Victor Trent, is presently with a very anti-establishment personality.
1: Yes. What do you have to say yes, about he that? he was. Well, yeah. So somebody's bound to ask: Are most of the ideas that Victor Trent espouses are they ideas I agree with? Well, I'm not going to tell you they're not. But, but uh, yeah, that's why. That, that's why. That's why getting this job with the congressman. Oh, this is horrifying for him. I mean, I, I mean, this is like he feels like he's selling his soul, but. Unfortunately, he has all this student loan debt, and we we're talking about 2008 when the bottom fell out of the market there. And so it's like, what are his choices? was what the vampires agree with. Well, said, so well, we'll get him into Washington D.C. He'll hate it there. And of course, he does hate it. But, <laughs> but boy, does he ever learn a lot. In the second book, he he, he learns even more. And then the third book, the the the, the um, focus shifts to Victor's sister Zoe. <laughs> And that's as far as I'm going to say at the moment. Hey, you don't want to give it
2: away, huh?
1: <laughs> no. But, yes, um, I have my personal philosophy is live and let live. I mean, I uh, I believe in do it yourself or er, er, be able to keep what you earn and you know, that sort of thing. I mean, I'm not anti-social, heavens no, but uh, I I believe if you want something, you go earn it. You go make it yourself. You don't expect somebody else to give it to you. So. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: So, so that's That's, why. that's the way we're,
0: you know
2: the a lot of young generation is is thinking that nowadays It's like they have the right to, uh, you know, to whatever it is, and and it's like mm-hmm. no, you don't have the right. You need to work for it. You know, they will just you, get it because you're, you're born.
1: I do so hear you, but let's be honest. Plenty of people our age feel the same way. They just express it uh, That is
2: true, but you know, I have a 19-year-old, so. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Well, okay, exactly. I mean, I mean, come on. We we have there's there, there's great young people out there, like Jen Zep, for example. Now she definitely w- works for what she has, an outstanding writer. I really enjoyed her. Her her book of, about the pirates fantastic. I'm going to read her trolls book shortly.
2: Yeah, her her trolls so, story is is, is a night nice, a very uh, well written fantasy. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, a fan, it's a fairy tale and it's, it's terrific. Yes. well done.
1: Um, Absolutely. Uh, of course, I, I, I can I say that because expect... I
2: I published it for her so. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not okay, biased okay, at fine, all. Fine fine, 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 you're fine, you're biased, but gee, you know what? So am I. You know, but but, but, but I but I must say, yes, yes, I I I really I, I like Jen as a person, absolutely. But you know what? Her writing is her writing. Her writing is very, very good. And even if I didn't know her, I'd say this is good stuff. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, stuff. it's kind
2: of it, let's talk about that for a second. She kind of really gets into sure. the into the world of the pirates. Okay. I mean, she oh, she's in yeah. the group. So and then of course she goes to events, dressed as a pirate. She becomes that character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, uh, it Max, was, You was. know, Commodore Max is, is her friend.
1: Mm-hmm. So it it's was kind of hard brilliant for, for
2: somebody like you to do that. You know what I'm saying? Well,
1: that is that is true. Although although I, <laughs> I am talking about it at, at, at some point. I I could uh, probably, in fact, at some point I will be interested in getting a couple of cosplayers to to co- to to come with me, and because after mm-hmm. all, I know I can visualize in my mind what these characters are supposed to look like, and I'm sure somebody could do it. Yeah, that would be that would be marvelous. I mean, i i i could I could uh, play one of Victor's relatives, because yeah, <laughs> if somebody asked me a Victor <laughs> somebody fun, asked huh? me a picture was. Somebody asked me if Victor Tret was patterned after me. I said no. He's patterned more after the kind kind of person I would I would love to have had as a son. But no, he's not me. <laughs> but there is a character in the novel that is based on me. But I'll leave that up to the discerning readers to figure. <laughs> Although he a little bit well Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Um, you said that you you know that you
2: don't think that uh just because it has vampires in your story that it has to be a horror it's just more of an element rather than a genre Ex-
1: yes thank you um no horror is horror is a, is a spe- is a specific genre i agree but i don't think that i think you could have a werewolf story for example that wouldn't be horror or, you know even even a a zombie golem type story you could have it and not be horror i mean there's is there violence in my book? Yes, there's some violence in the book. Well, so so there is in the real world as well, but to me right, it's like immediately right. you say they the word vampire, people have that going, Oh, it's horror. Well, no, this is really this is really a story of a of a young man coming to grips with, with a world he never envisioned was the case and learning a heck of a lot about himself and other people in the world around him. And it's very eerily like our world because, well, I basically threw him into our world and threw vampires in it. You know, <laughs> and he finds out who's more audible: the vampires or the politicians. Yeah, <laughs> well, well. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> if they're the, bad the vampires. Color, right. Exactly. There are there are some really some of the vampires are very nasty. In fact, one of the ones that's. Becoming something of a, getting a cult following all of his own is one named Lester Dustin, but he's like the the consummate monster. He wants to go around. He's and he's ticked off because these other vampires don't want to go out and and just kill people and rampage and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, he he's like the, he's like the the ultimate bad boy there. Whereas I have one vampire who's been the Counten for seven hundred years. <laughs> She's very good at it. <laughs> so
0: you, yeah,
2: you had an interesting uh concept here in that the characters the, the one of the characters didn't like the fact that, you know, some of the things that he had to deal with, like, you know, not being able to use sunrise mm. and and having to drink blood of, you know, uh humans. Right. Or drink
1: blood period. Right. Yes,
2: um and yes, he poor, was the, he was doing
1: research up in space. Is that what was that the idea? Oh uh, yes, the, the the good doctor who invented the order. Which yes, anybody who wants to read that little paper can go to my website www. dot com. Um, that was talking about how how the order came <laughs> to be. Yeah. 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 How, how the order came to be, and yes, it's like. Yes, he was very distressed and disturbed by it. But yeah, it was military-type research and also research being pushed by some major consortiums that, yes, came from another planet. Hmm. And, yes, starting to say there's allusions to the off-product stuff in A Ruby for Veterans, There's more of it in the second book, which I tentatively have titled Deaths of Blood, but that could change when it gets published A lot of that depends upon negotiation. But in the third book, yeah, there'll really be some stuff in there because as the series progresses, I want it to be more and more. I want the science fiction elements to really be more and more of the tale. Although the vampires will always be there because they're my friends. A lot of them have been my friends in my head for over 20 years, and I will not abandon (laughs) them. So I mean,
0: yes. you, but, you yeah, had the so I talk, like so talk, I like your
2: idea. So it, well, do you. you think that oh, oh,
0: yeah.
2: we will ever do that? We will ever do without vampires? That we need them as far as you know, believing in something else.
1: You know what? To me has always been the most interesting. book, well, always okay uh, since I've been an adult. Uh, Hard to speak for when I was a child, because yes, I used to watch Dark Shadows, and I was nine, ten years old. Why? Because my parents said, "My parents said don't watch it." So I did, of course. And you know, I, I've watched a few episodes in, in, in as I've been older, and I said, "You know, this really was lame." But anyway, but, but, but yes, anyway, getting rid of the vampire, I doubt that in the end, I mean, sure, their popularity ebbs and flows. Um, for me, the thing that was interesting about being a vampire was the, was the ability to, as long as you didn't go around and totally risk yourself and get hunted down by people, is how you could just endure for centuries. I mean, I was just thinking, wow, imagine all the things you could see and do, I mean, because I'm one of those people yeah. who... I would have, I would have loved to have been able to work in a research library, and, and actually hold the tomes and, well, you know, in in the Ruby for Foreventure, one of the vampires' is, uses about how, how she thinks it's funny when these guys call her young lady. She feels like telling them she used to watch the uh, the lighthouse keepers at Pharaoh's, the big lighthouse there, and outside they used to used to watch them stoke the fires there. So, <laughs> she she she, in, in, she thinks it's hilarious that. They don't realize he's over two thousand years old,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, She gets a kick out of it. So,
2: <laughs> so if you if you had a you know an avid uh or a rabbit, depending on you where you look at it. Um vampire reader, do you suggest uh, that they read your series?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. The only exception I would make to that is if you're if you only want vampires who're going out there and bite people's heads off and that sort of thing, well, more power to you. There's other authors I could I could uh, point, point you towards. But if, if you wanted to have these vampires, some of which are some of which are very nasty, some of which are not, some of which are are people you would walk around down the street and you wouldn't even realize it. If you don't mind thinking about things and put, looking at the world in a slightly different way, then, yeah, my my stories will be a great place for you to be.
2: Um, what do you like about certain other people's books? Just if you have, do you have, uh, have you read other vampire stories that you particularly like or not like?
1: Oh, sure. Um funniest thing is one of my favorite science fiction writers, uh, L. Neal Smith, he always said he hated vampire stories, and then he, then he wrote one. And it was good. It was really good. The, the, the vampire was, was an attempt. In fact, at the end, he liked it so much. He's working on a sequel, and he was saying, I never thought that would happen. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was it was well done, well played. I also, it's interesting, when I first started writing my vampire stories, that's when I came across Anne Rice. Her first three vampire novels, I thought, were really quite good. Interview with the Vampire was, the book, quite good. The movie, well, we, any author, I think, cringes inwardly, but we'll say, well, we'll take the money. We know it's not going to resemble what we wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anne Rice is, were good. Um, the guy who wrote the uh, Necromicron series, his name is escaping me, uh, Yeah, he he wrote some really good vampire stories. And Bram Stoker himself, the original Dracula is really kind of different than what most people really think. In the original novel, Dracula could walk during the day. He just had to protect himself. So, yeah, Yeah. I've enjoyed all those. I've enjoyed all those. I mean, as far as a a good monster story, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, I think, remains a classic. (laughs) As as, why, as why do you as as think bad, that there's,
2: okay, yeah, going, why don't you, why do you, why do you think that, that the, the Bram Stoker's version of Dracula stuck in the minds of readers for so long?
1: Hollywood. <laughs> Honestly, Hollywood. I, I think Hollywood took it, took it, and, took it around with it. It's a really good story, um, mm-hmm. And I think that they did, and then of course they had Bela Lugosi and the the other guys, and of course they had the infamous Plan Nine from Outer Space and all that. But <laughs> I, I, I don't Wait, know. I think it kind of appealed to me. You
2: know. We saw that. a couple weeks ago.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see that. I see that more than more than once, and every time I go, oh, this is so bad, but it's funnier than I'll get up. <laughs> and it was bad. I mean, listen, I mean, it, it, it said, yeah, it's bad, but, yeah. <laughs> it but is, I, I it's bad it's to the point of absurdity, you know
2: what I mean? <laughs>
1: yes, exactly, and that's what makes it funny. I mean, yeah, can, can a movie be bad and, and be hilarious? Well, yes, and Plan 9 makes that great. So, yeah, I, I think that, yeah. that, that uh, Hollywood did that, and, and, of course, with the Nosferatu... And then, of course, I think Anne Rice's book made it so vampires didn't necessarily have to always be just killing machines, or, or the right. John Stoker's background wasn't always a killing machine either, but she, she tended to to make the genre stand on its head a bit. I mean, some people don't appreciate it, but I, I do, because well, her, her work captured my imagination, and like I say, the first three I really enjoyed. The 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 other ones not quite as much, but I will not take anything yeah, away from. Yeah, sometimes
2: I I find that authors get a little more bolder with their, you know, whether it's more violent or whether it's more sexual, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, depending on what what kind of book it is. They get more bolder in books after the first few.
1: Yeah. And not that I have anything against ironica or that sort of thing, but it's not what I intend to write. I want to tell a story that I can you know, sneak ideas into and sneakily get people to maybe think about something different. I'm not trying to change anybody's mind by writing my book. i by writing books. I mean, if you read my books, yeah, you'll find out a lot about what I believe politically, but am I bothered if you don't? No. I hope you like the story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one thing the readers will really forget will notice is even though it's pretty clear who I'm talking about, I do not mm-hmm. name names of the big time politicians that were around in 2008, 2009. Even though you'll know that's who I'm talking about, I don't name them. And I did that on purpose. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> that's,
2: well, that's just it, you know, because we do write what we know. And, and you know, our exactly. personality do 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 get into uh, the characters. Do take some of our personality.
1: Oh, absolutely! In fact, it was there, funny there's no one, way one, not one, to. Absolutely, because what was one thing that was funny was my 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 now boss when the book came out asked if any of the characters were based on him, and I just looked at him and I said, "Oh, no." <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's the truth. None of the characters in the book are based with people I, based on people that I work with. Not this book, anyway. Now, some other book? Yeah, problem. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, yeah so. that's
2: you know, if we're gonna give our characters uh, you know something that we don't have, then that's uh, that's even better. <laughs> of
1: course, I yeah, exactly. think can mean, younger, of course, of course. Absolutely. Now, of course. I mean, did I draw on people I know? Well, of course, sub unconsciously for the most part, yes. Consciously in a couple cases, certainly. But nobody's going to be able to read my book, I don't think, and and say, "Hey, that character is based on me." If somebody right. actually figures it out and they know who they are, well, I'll shake their hand and say, wow, you're pretty astute. <laughs> I, I thought I I thought had come in hopefully in a good way. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Nobody should be. My, my my family is not as dysfunctional as Victor's family is. Victor's family put the diss in dysfunctional, not the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs>
2: So your family really is like behind
1: you, hundred percent, when it comes to writing. My wife, absolutely. My my uncles, right. absolutely. My my parents, yeah, oh, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, they they are. They they've they've helped me with uh, getting to book festivals and things like that. And my uncle uh, put me up for a few days when I went to the Southwest Book Fiesta in May in Albuquerque. That was a great experience. <laughs> Met all kinds of good authors, and made, made new friends. You can't ask for more.
2: No, no. And and the thing is that, I, you know, my dad always says whenever he sees me, so this writing thing, you know, you're going to be able to take care of us when we get old? Of course, you're know, already <laughs> old. But... <laughs>
1: no, no I, 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 <laughs> well, not
2: on my writing, no.
1: <laughs> I will especially give my father credit because he helped me. Even back in the days when I was publishing the newsletter, he was always encouraging. He didn't always agree with what I wrote, certainly not, but he he was encouraging of it. And when I decided to write the novel, he was he was, and my mother is too, but he was particularly. And of course, my wife, absolutely, she's my she's my rock, and I will say I couldn't I couldn't do it without her. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah she, she helped you edit. Me, she, was she your
2: was she your first reader?
1: She she was my first reader, along with a, a couple of friends of mine who I've known for over 20 years. Friends that were familiar with the original story and that sort of thing. So yes, um, but I will say one of the things that one of the reasons why I definitely will go with another small publisher is that I really I really can't say it enough. If you're going to self-publish. You you really want to invest in an editor. You you you've got yeah. to because yeah, I mean yes. I was an editor for twenty years in the newsletter. Do I know how to edit? Yes, but it's when it's your own stuff, you're gonna start filling in words and that sort of thing. Yeah. You just yeah. you just do. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how good you are, you just yeah. do but, you know. Well, we yeah. think it's there, think
0: it's, but it's not. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you read it five times, what do you mean it's not there? And they're
2: saying, no, I know I wrote that there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we take out things or, or you know, as we're editing and then we still think it's there and it's not. Um, mm, yeah, that, you, be, you can't edit you yourself. There's just no way to do that.
1: No. No, I mean, and I will, I will, I will never say anything. The editor that Tape Publishing provided for me, she was top notch, and kudos to her. And I wish her well. She was great, <laughs> yeah, and she helped make the She was rough on show. you. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, it, yeah, it, it was which, good. I, 90%, 90% of the stuff she suggested, I, would, I I said, yeah, that makes sense. There are a couple of things that she and I debated on, and in the end she agreed with me. But okay, fine. I mean, there's give and take involved in the editing process. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah there you get to fight but,
2: sometimes for your words.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly, because yeah. there was one scene that I thought was really important, I said, you may you may not see this important in this first book, but if it's not here as the series goes along, readers are gonna say, Why is she acting this way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah. And so she said, Okay, you're right and well, is there any, I think
2: is, is there I'm any other it. genre that you'd like to try?
1: That I would like to try, besides science fiction and fantasy. You know, I've re- I've read some really decent mysteries. I wouldn't mind at some point taking a crack at writing a mystery. And in fact, the fourth book in my series is going to have some mystery elements in it because it's going to involve the theft of a precious object. So so there'll be there'll be some, and depending upon how I feel about how that goes. I'll, I'll see if maybe I can really write a mystery novel. That would be quite a change. Because, <laughs> yes, until until not too many years ago, I didn't usually read mysteries. But one of the things my wife has done is introducing some really good mystery novelists. And I said, so, wow, this is actually a pretty cool genre.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I always say that there's always some element of mystery in every book. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why would you be writing it?
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> and my, my my books my books my books will always have at least the, the one main plot line, but I interweave a couple of pretty decent subplots. There. So the reader the reader needs to pay attention. To digest sometimes I will say because <laughs> uh, otherwise, if this is going to happen, you go I missed that. <laughs> no, you don't want to miss that. all you need to do is just keep reading, pay attention. It'll work out. <laughs> It will indeed.
2: <laughs> Joe, if you won the lottery tomorrow, do you keep writing?
1: Oh heavens yes. <laughs> oh no, yes. Oh my my yes. What what I would do if I came into that kind of money is I get myself some property either up in the White Bounce or across the border in New Mexico. Uh, yeah. I uh-huh. I build myself a cabin. I mean I, I would I would keep a residence here in the valley too, of course, because Well, you know, Phoenix and Tucson, that's where everything is really happening for the most part, 90% of the time. I'm sure there's some events in Flagstaff. Events in the White Mountains that have much to do with publishing are pretty sparse, but it would be a great place to live and and write peacefully, and I could get used to that. (laughs) I I could get used to that, and I'd love to have that kind of a (laughs) problem
0: Yeah,
1: I that's would true. love that.
2: Yeah. I would love that. Um I was reading about your inspirations. Um uh, Maxwell Alexander uh-huh. Drake. He, he lives in uh Bay, um, uh Nevada area. Yes. Uh, what what, is, what inspired you about his writing?
1: Oh, he is his Genesis of Oblivion series, which his third book will be coming out. He says really soon he's he's apologizing for the fact that been delayed a bit and I I told him to his face, I said, Don't let it out until you're happy with it for crying out loud, don't. I mean I, I really enjoyed the fact that he was able to write this fully immersive fantasy world, a completely different world, and it just draws you in. It's so the man's brilliant and I met him at the uh convention last year at the Society for Southwestern Authors in Tucson and I was I uh made a point of taking his pounds because it sounded so interesting, and I was just riveted to what the man had to say. And he's great in that he's willing to share share his time and talents and help other guys, but of course he says, I'll always be better than you guys. Well, you know, fine, that's ego, but you know what, you've got to have some ego, otherwise.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i have the Tucson Festival book, so uh, he's We've been trying to get him to come to the cons. There always seemed to be a uh, conflict in uh, different cons that he's going to right now
0: oh, for the God. last few years. Yeah, that will get he, he, you know. We get him
2: get him as far as Tucson, but you know that's actually further. I told him. I, he, he said he can't seem to get you in Phoenix, even though you seem to go past Phoenix to go to Tucson. <laughs>
1: he's flopped. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it would be really great for Phoenix would be to be able to. I know it will take a lot of work. I'm willing to help in this work. Uh, health, mind you, I am in no position to run the thing. But getting a getting a book festival here in Phoenix comparable wow. to the one in Tucson would be would be an ace in the well, hole and would be really good. And I think, we think it's talk worth about trying. that.
2: And of course, where you, that's where you came from. Come from is from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So they used to have one in Phoenix. And then uh, the Phoenix uh, Library, the main branch there, is where it was uh, recently, you know, before Tucson took mm-hmm. it. Right. And it moved to Tucson, and it's been there ever since because they had the, the land, of course, in the time. Oh, yeah. You know, right there, U of but A. There's,
1: yeah, there, there's a couple places, though, here in the valley that I think could could host a think an event similar, I mean, not that I think that anything here should compete with that book festival, heavens no, they, they've, they've got it made, it, it's a great festival, it's a great location.
2: Yeah,
1: and, absolutely. Uh, so I, I had, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I had a great time there this year, and I'm going back for sure, hopefully also with the Arizona authors, but if not, I'm going to be in the office pavilion again.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I- I've been going uh, for Lefecon or for or my own books uh, for the last three or four years. So it's it's, it's a great place to go, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you talk to all the other authors. Um, yeah, not just from Arizona, but from other outlying areas. So that's, well, a meet people. Exactly,
1: exactly. I mean, by and large, I find I find that authors are very are very friendly, and I get along well with quite a few of them, and I'm proud to call some of them friends. And I know as years go on, I'll make even more friends with them <laughs> because cause yeah, we, all share, we all share a common bond. We're crazy enough to want to go out there and write, and so that means sometimes you get to read reviews that you go, you sit there and go, "Did you even read the book?" <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I looks like I um, I'm going to be looks like I'm going to be cut off yeah. here. Oh, okay.
0: Um,
2: they really mess up. So, uh right.
0: 90 well, Thank seconds. you so, so much. Though.
2: hey, I really enjoyed talking with you as, as always, and we'll okay. have to do it again when you get your next book out.
1: Absolutely. Okay. And you take care, and thank okay. you so much. Bye bye. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Bye bye. That was Ron, and we are out of time tonight. Enjoy talking to him. Wish we had would would have had no problem at the beginning. We lost about 12 minutes. And I'm sorry about that. And this is Tati Hill Strand signing out for the day. And I will have something else coming up next week. And i not going to say who that is yet. So until then, you guys stay cool. Stay cool. Actually, I don't know if I have anything out next week because I'm working on the newspaper. Oh, see. So I'll just keep it a secret until then. <laughs> So, uh, have a great night. This is Patty Holstrand, Kay deal signing out.